As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Sip Spoil for Velvet Buzzsaw. I, that was my Velvet Buzzsaw. It's not quite as graphic as a regular Buzzsaw because it's got a little velvet in it. Yeah. So, you know. More. Yeah. Yeah. A Velvet Buzzsaw seems like it would be pleasant. Velvet Buzzsaw, by the way, we're going to obviously be talking spoilers. So if you haven't seen the Netflix show uh, or movie, Please make sure you see it first, because it might get a little confusing, and we don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, the name of the band that Renee Russo's character was in in her past. And uh, so she got a tattoo of that Velvet Buzzsaw, which becomes very important at the end of the movie. Yeah. Or towards the end of the movie. That I think that's my favorite part of the movie. I just think it's brilliant. Really? The idea that she tried to clear art out of her life, because obviously the art is what's killing people. Yeah. Um. And and it was you, there's art all around us. She had art right on her body that was oh able gosh. to. Oh gosh, I'm gonna die here, and <laughs> all my right? tattoos are gonna right? kill me. But it, but it's interesting because it says something interesting about the the whole. What I saw is the the moral of the satire of the movie was the idea that we can try to figure out what art you know art means and you know figure out commerce, but it's all muddled up. Your tattoos are art, yeah, but they're also commerce. Somebody's making a living off the fact that people like getting tattoos. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, or designing them or whatever the case may be. What we do with podcasting is art, quote unquote. You know, we'll say, that's, that's, we'll say lowercase a. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we have to figure out a way to make it work, to have the microphones, to, you know what I mean? So we have a, a membership, you know? So it's just, you. it's hard to separate the two things we need money to live so to do art for life means you have to find a way to make money off of it but is the painting worth 5.6 million dollars no no it shouldn't be of course it shouldn't be yeah but if somebody wants to pay that for it because for whatever reason that's the psychology of art then guess what it's worth 5.6 million dollars yeah worth is just what somebody will pay for something yeah. So it's uh, it and is at the end of the movie. You know, you have the homeless guy selling everything, and he sells it for five five bucks. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, and at the end, end of the movie, which let's go ahead and talk about this here. You've got the drawing in the sand. Yeah. With the waves, you know, erasing coming, erasing it at the same time, and it's like this pure representation of art for art's sake. You know, just drawing beautiful things that nobody will ever see, that nobody can ever sell because it's going to be gone almost instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I found that beautiful. I found that really fascinating the way it explored that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyways, lots of people dying in lots of different artistic ways. Yep. The moment I was talking about where I was like, oh, I like this 
is the very first one with the monkey painting. And you're looking at the monkey painting, and the one of the monkey's head turns just like ever so slightly to look at the guy. Yeah. And it's like, did I really just see? Did did that painting just move? And then of course the monkey hands come out and like yeah. you know. But I I have often said I wouldn't know art if it grabbed me in the face. So, ah. <laughs> so apparently that's a representation of that. Um, yeah, I really liked that. I thought that was kind of a cool visualization of you know, and then the idea of the art bleeding off the walls and you know dripping into her feet and then taking her over, making her part of it. Yeah. Uh, I thought was fascinating. That was probably my favorite quote unquote death of the movie was yeah. just because it was so original. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed with Gyllenhaal's death because we didn't see it at all, which I thought was interesting, yeah. which is a weird thing for me to say because I'm not like a gore fan or anything. Yeah. But, but the movie up to that point had been so blatant with its violence right. and stuff. Well, and, and just with the certainty that somebody did die, you know, it's like, look, yeah. they're dead. Her arm is gone, you know, like she yeah. bled out and the little kids are like, think it's part of the art display and they step in it and they step. Oh, how sick <laughs> yeah. is that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought there was going to be a twist in the movie mm. because that girl kept finding every single dead body. Yeah. I thought that she was going to be a part of it somehow. Like, she mm. was going to be, like, the granddaughter of, you know, the guy who died or something. Right. Or so, or maybe that she was secretly, like, there was no supernatural element and she was the one killing everybody or something like that. Yeah. Um, but no, she's just really unlucky and she found every <laughs> single dead body. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What else? What else do you want to touch on? Um, from Velvet Buzzsaw. Probably my favorite part of the movie was the validation or the what I thought was going to be one of the upcoming deaths. And it was Rene Russo's. Because you kept looking at that painting of the two shadows and the cat sitting next to the person. And I'm like, mm. oh, that's going to be a future event with her. That's going to be a future mm-hmm. event with her. And then you saw the two cactuses whose shadows did not line up with their shape. Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. Yeah. The cactuses had arms and stuff, but the shadows that came out... Just look at columns? Just like columns, Mm. which I thought was really interesting. And then her buzzsaw tattoo killed her, which... Yeah. Yeah, that was really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this movie is weird. I think that's something that's easy to say um, about it. I I wondered if Gyllenhaal's character would survive because he was the one who was like, look, this is what's going on. Yeah. You know, he has that scene in the sound room where he's hearing all his, you know, criticism through other people's voices. And then the guy comes in and is like, sorry, we'll get it started here in a second. Yeah. He's like, what? I've already been hearing it. As a critic, what did this movie make you think about the choices you make whenever you critique something? Or did it seem so foreign to you because the style of critique that Hall and other characters do in this movie is alien to the style of critiquing you do? It, I think the second, more than anything. Um, I am somebody who loves loving things and hates hating them. And uh, he is somebody who, I don't know if he loves hating things, but he's certainly willing to do it for the right price. You know, and that was kind of where, again, the art and commerce thing, you know, uh, that it was trying to tell us about his criticism was, you know, people can say whatever they want and people can pay people to say whatever they want. Yeah. Um. So. So, yeah, I didn't it didn't really I didn't really internalize it a lot because it felt so different than, you know, the criticism that I like to do. And also, whenever you and I critique a movie, we're not changing the value of a movie ticket. No. Whereas his style of critiquing can change the value of a painting from 
millions yeah, yeah for millions and millions of dollars so i guess you could say whenever you and i critique a movie if we say it's negative it could potentially make somebody not go see that sure. movie depending but, on the size of the audience who yeah. hears it and then takes it seriously and decides you know what i'm not going to see that yeah there's yeah. an there could be an impact but not to the extremity that is portrayed in this movie right right by artists you know of that paintings and yeah. sculptures and stuff like that I, for me I've, uh, you know seeing the idea of review for me has always about been giving people the tool they need to make the decision they want to make see i think some people see and we're getting into a different discussion here which is fine i don't mind this discussion well, it's a discussion that the movie you know yeah. provokes so. yeah um for me i think a lot of a lot, one of the mistakes some critics that i know make is they see their job as letting people know what they think so they can convince people of the right way to see a movie. Mm. And I've never seen it that way. I've always seen my job is to give you all the information you need to make the best decision for where your dollars go in entertainment. Um, I think that's a vastly different way to see the world. I, I, if I don't like, for instance, uh, you know, Serenity, which we've talked about a lot today, my job, my goal is not to make sure nobody ever sees it because it's awful. Yeah. My job is to go, look, here's the information. Here's what I thought. Take that information. You may know my views. Well, hopefully you know my views well enough that you know where we're going to disagree, where we're going to agree. And you make the best decision for you based on the information I'm, I'm giving you. So, um, so yeah, so I've just, I've never seen my my purpose as defining what is good and what is not. I've seen my purpose as um, being the... Honesty. Well, yeah, as being the um, the gatekeeper who says, okay, here's what you're in store for if you walk through this gate. Yeah. And I didn't have a great experience when I walked through this gate, but here's what you need to know about it so that you can know if you're going to have a good experience or not. Yeah. That's what I've seen my job as, you know, not as trying to keep people away from stuff I don't like or make sure people love the same stuff I love. So, yeah. So, yeah, I it just it connects on me to me in a different level. I didn't necessarily see myself in in Jake Gyllenhaal's character. No in that way. Yeah. You saw a lot of his butt in this movie, too. So it wasn't <laughs> only McConaughey's butt we were seeing all week. Yeah. But you know what? The nudity in Velvet Buzzsaw didn't feel I don't know. It didn't it didn't feel weird to me. It didn't feel like it was. You think McConaughey's got a weird butt, don't you? I do. Yeah. I do. Um, no, I just. <laughs> It just there was one point in Serenity, which is not what we're talking about in this spoiler cast. Um, but there's just one point where he looks like the kid in the Nirvana album that's, that's swimming, <laughs> swimming after the swimming dollar. after the dollar bill. <laughs> that is hilarious. So yeah. So anyways, um, but back back to Velvet Buzzsaw. Anything else you wanted to talk about spoiler wise in this movie? Um. No, not really. Uh, anything jumping out to you? No, I think I mentioned everything I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, it is it is interesting. It is an interesting way to point the finger and say, "Hey, this ain't right." You know, to use death as a, a metaphor uh, for that satire, I think is is really smart. I like Dan Gilroy. I really do. I'm, I'm interested to see what he does next. So, because when you think about Nightcrawler, it kind of did the same thing. It pointed out the the um, the destructive power of commerce in an industry, and in that case, it was news. the news industry. In this case, it's the art industry. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, money can corrupt people, you know? Uh, it is it is a corrupting force. So it's something to be aware of, and I like that he's kind of pointing it out in interesting ways. Yep. So fascinating stuff. Nice. And also with the stuff that he went through in his career, you know, maybe it's right. metaphorical for that. I think, sure. you, I think you may have said that in the podcast yeah. proper. So. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm just repeating you. Well, uh, I think that's it. Unless my friend Andrew has anything else he wants to mention. Nope. Number three movie uh, of the year. Um, I, <laughs> I think we're good. So there's Velvet Buzzsaw. Spoilers and all. Um, be sure to hit up sifbop.com when you want to check out stuff that's going on. We will be back next week with spoilers on the Lego movie to the second part. Yes. I believe is the whole title. It is. And you must say the whole title when you say movies. Mm-hmm. So we'll see you then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.